paper copy, they're on the tables behind the pillars, uh, or the words will go up on the screen. Simon is our reader this evening, and then Johnny is our preacher. Tonight's reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Am I on? Uh Uh-oh. Um... Let me just get my notes out. One of the very few times I tend to get nervous is if I'm uh, preaching, so forgive me for that. Um, but don't worry, good things come to those who wait, and there's only about another two hours of listening to me to go. So, 
Um, I was asked by Jonathan to introduce myself. So I work for a charity called Helping Hands, who um, I'm the cafe manager, and we have uh, different homeless people coming in to try and build them up to be able to work again. Um, we have some people in from probation to give them the opportunity to get skills and hopefully get back into work. We also have some homeless guys come into the cafe and we provide uh, free food for them. I'm also the street pastors coordinator, so I organize um, volunteers from the local churches that go out every Saturday. Saturday night to look after uh, the town's nightlife. Um, uh, I'm currently kind of searching for what God has for me next as well, um, which is why you have to put up with me uh, preaching right now. Um, so uh, let me just pray for us all. Um, Father, I just commit this time to you. I just really pray that what is from you, uh, that you would use for your purposes, that you would build up your church and your kingdom. I pray that anything that is not from you, that you would just cause to be forgotten. I just really pray that your spirit would just be upon everyone here. I pray your spirit would be with us and that you would just bless uh, this time. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, so the first thing that occurred to me, um, kind of reading through uh, the passage, is God's holiness, which is shown um, by the purification um, rites um, that Jesus has to go through. So I suppose the first thing I might want to ask, um, and this is for something to think about later, is um, what does the phrase, holy is the Lord God, God Almighty, mean to you? Because um, I'd say a lot of the Old Testament laws are there to show us how holy God is. And um, holy comes from the Hebrew, which is Kadesh. Jonathan can tell me if I'm pronouncing that right or not, um, which means apartness and set-apartness, separateness and sacredness, and that God's nature is completely good, but it's also completely other to us. Um, sometimes, especially I think, I can kind of lose the awe and wonder I should have towards God. Um, God is so far beyond our kind of comprehension that sometimes I think we can get a little bit mundane in that. I remember being challenged uh, when I went on to PCC here that um, when we have communion, sometimes we can kind of go through the, the, the kind of ritual of doing it, but sometimes not think fully about um, what we're doing. And just when I've been giving it here, I was reminded that every time we come up here, it's because of things that I've done that mean that Jesus had to die on the cross for us. Um, and that, sorry. And so, um, I kind of God's holiness is so set apart from that that we needed the sacrifice of Jesus dying on the cross, um, so that the price for our sins was paid. Um, but that also means that while we get to have commun uh, communion, it's a lot more simple than the pur purification rites that the Jewish people regularly had to go through um, at the. Uh, service and at various different other times. Um, in the Muslim world still today, um, at the end of uh, Eid Mubarak, which is a kind of a festival, they will still slit the wrists, sorry, slit the throats of the different animals to bleed them out in a similar way to the Jewish customs. But we don't have to do that anymore, thankfully, because of the price that Jesus paid for us. Um, so we don't have to do that anymore. Um, I think 
Something we can lose, though, is the seriousness of that. When I was in Turkey, one of the things we used to do around Easter um, was we used to sacrifice um, a lamb uh, at Passover to kind of remember that. And one of my jobs was if the Philippus students were ministry training students that we kind of looked after, um, if they didn't want to do the job, it would be my job to do it. And I think we can lose just how emotional it is um, and what a sacrifice has been done for us because often we don't see the cost of our sin um, kind of, yeah, when we're kind of coming up here. So I was just personally reminded of that. Um, I'm also reminded, um, so that's God is holy. God is also patient, and patience and humility also uh, go hand in hand, I think. Um, Jesus, for me, was incredibly humble and patient, and you can see this by the fact that in this passage, he's only six weeks old. Um, and he doesn't start his public ministry for another 30 years. So what happened in that 30 years time? Um, I'd suggest that he was um, praying um, and considering what was going to happen. But he was often when he was put forward to do miracles, he'd say that his time hadn't yet come. Um, I'd also say that God's patience and humility is also shown by... Um, if you were going to have your child born into any family, would it be... Uh, a rather poor family from Bethlehem, um, as that's where Jesus has, it grows up. Um, but that also, I think, is indicative of the incredible humility and patience that um, both Mary and Joseph show um, in terms of being able to raise Jesus. And um, yeah, and I think in in the temple rites, we can see um, generally in Leviticus, I think it's Leviticus 12, um, you're meant to sacrifice a lamb as the newborn. But the poverty of um, Mary and Joseph is shown here by the fact that they um, give up a couple of uh, doves um, instead. And that's, uh, if you can't afford a lamb, then you'd do that. Um, and so Jesus essentially grew up in a very humble background. And he was also incredibly patient in terms of um, where he you know, would be in terms of his ministry. Um, I think it's also important to note, uh, you know, as well as Joseph and Mary's humility and patience and faithfulness, that um, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, and I think... Uh, yeah, as history's shown, um, Mary and Joseph were obviously the right people um, to uh, raise Jesus. I'd also like to you just to picture the temple. Um, Jesus will have been surrounded by lots of other different six-week-old babies. Um, however, there were two um, elderly people there in Simeon and Anna. And immediately, uh, they saw something incredibly special in Jesus. They had been waiting humbly and patiently. Um, and if we look at the picture here, we can see them. Um, Anna um, probably was married in her 20s and then died at the age of 84 and seemed to have spent pretty much the entirety of her time uh, in the temple praying and fasting uh, for this coming event. Equally, um, Simeon um, has been waiting his whole life for them and he's been faithfully praying. Um, I'd request if you take nothing else away from this sermon that the importance of prayer is that if we want to see a revival in our nation, 
um, it starts with prayer. I think sometimes we can lose just how important prayer is um, in terms of if we want to do anything, praying will will be where we need to start. And if we want to see revival, us corporately praying for it, I think would be um, a good place to start. Um, I think also Simeon and Anna are an incredible kind of picture of uh, patience and humility and waiting on God. Um, a personal story I have was uh, when I was in Turkey, we looked after a refugee day where we'd give food out to all the local refugees. Um, and we were helped by four um, Iranians. Um, they were Kia, Bobby, Dina, and uh, their mum. And I met them first in 2010, and we spent four years praying um, for them to kind of be accepted. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you're a refugee in a country, you don't have any legal status. So although they were in Turkey, they had no rights to work. Um, they had no access to any uh, social security. And Turkey had a set budget for health care for refugees, which um, once it was met, which was usually about April time, they had no more money to provide health care for refugees. So uh, if you're a refugee in Turkey, of which there's well over a million, um, trying to make ends meet is incredibly difficult. Um, and so we wrote letters of recommendation for them to the UN. Um, and fortunately, three months after I left Turkey, they were um, miraculously, all of them uh, accepted into Canada in the same town, um, which in itself was a miracle. So Dina and Bobby were married, um, but Kier and his mum were separate, and usually they'd be set, sent to separate places. Um, but they fortunately were allowed to all go to the same place. Um, I also think it's interesting here that, uh, as far as I'm aware, in Luke 2, this is the um, first mention of um, Jesus uh, uh, being a light and revelation for the Gentiles. Um, and it marks, I think, a turning point, Jesus' birth and death mark a turning point in how God reaches out to people. Before that, Israel is an example to the nations and people have to come to Israel. And then following Jesus' death and the disciples are sent out as um, uh, examples of the faith and they're sent to go out to the Gentiles um, and spread that message. I also think patience also goes hand in hand with humility. Jesus spent most of his life waiting um, and as I'd mentioned earlier he spent 30 years in a small town in Israel. Um, and my intuition is Jesus spent a lot of that time uh, praying um, about his future mission and committing it to God. And equally, this humility is also, and patience is also evident in Simeon and Anna, who um, have been waiting for the Messiah for a long time. Um, and obviously, he finally kind of comes. Um, I think it's interesting to note that Jesus spent the majority of his time on earth preparing for his ministry. So he spent 30 years reading the scriptures, praying and preparing, and then he goes out. Um, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm always kind of blown away with just how long Jesus spends preparing to do what he's going to do. Um, and God is also incredible, incredibly faithful. Uh, I remember in 2009, I came to the end of uh, the most difficult year of my life, and I ended up moving to um, my missions agency. Um, that was a very difficult process. Um, uh, between that, I nearly kind of stepped away from the church because of a few things that happened. Um, fortunately, 
Jonathan and others here um, were incredibly faithful with me, um, and I kept my faith. But at the end of my gap year, um, I got to spend two weeks with one of my heroes, who's a philosopher named William Lane Craig, as well as William Hasker. Um, and I remember when I was in Turkey, I was sat around um, a table with um, Professor Craig, um, Professor Hasker, um, Professor Ratchbear, Professor Tazelman, a whole load of PH students, my boss Ryan, who has a PhD um, in philosophy from Yale, and then there was little old me sat there amongst all these people talking philosophy, which was great. Um, and it was just interesting that from, from the year on, um, just how I went from being in an incredibly dark place to um, a place that I could never have um, pictured myself. Um, so lastly, um, God is holy, God is patient, and God is also incarnate. Um, Jesus was fully immersed in his culture, and we can see this from the fact that he's going through uh, the temple rites uh, like at six weeks old. Um, he came to earth to have the full experience of being human. Um, and so uh, a friend of mine, um, who's the former director of my mission agency, had the following to say, um, the word became flesh, wrote the Apostle John, to which the Scottish missiologist Andrew Walls added and spoke Aramaic, probably with a Galilean accent. Profound insights lie in this simple comment, and that's from Neil Rees. Um, the gospel is universal, but it is also cultural. Churches look and, different, and look and are different in the various places in the world. The gospel comes to renew and restore culture, um, but also, and that looks very different in different cultures and different... Uh, times um, and I think a question for us is what does the church need to look like in the 21st century for us to best um, be Jesus incarnate in our workplaces uh, when we're out on the street when we're out in the parade when we're out in the shops um, when we're praying or when we're shopping like what does it look to be Jesus incarnate Dwight Moody said out of 100 men one will read the Bible and the other 99 will read the Christian um, and so uh, never underestimate the impact you have wherever you go and that people will be observing and seeing you. Um, so yeah, just remember that wherever you go, you take Jesus with you. When you're walking down the parade and at work, as I said, um, we are all ambassadors for him at all times. Um, so to try and tie it all together, I'd say that God is holy, God is patient, God is incarnate. Um, shall we just uh, take a time to stand and um, we'll have a time of prayer. Father, I just ask you to come. I really pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Um, I pray that anything that is not from you, you would uh, cause to be forgotten, and all that is from you, uh, just for people to think over. Um, I just pray for your spirit to be honest. Amen. And let's just keep this uh, silence for a moment. And I just want to invite you just to um, think back to that story again and see whether you can picture it in your mind. Um, the temple would have been very busy. All sorts of things would have been going on, people coming and going. Jesus would have been just 40 days old, so a very small child in the arms of his parents. Anna and Simeon, as Johnny has said, were old and had been waiting there for a long time for this day. Just as you picture that scene, I wonder if you can um, picture where you are in that scene. And perhaps one of the things that Johnny has shared particularly speaks to you.
may be the humility that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is there as a baby, not just as a baby, but a baby to relatively poor uh, young couple. Maybe it's the importance of prayer that strikes you, that Simeon and Anna together spent such a long time waiting on the Lord, praying to him, knowing him as a God who is faithful in promises. How often do we pray for something for a week or uh, two weeks and then quickly forget about it. As Johnny said, the importance of prayer. Revivals throughout the ages have been on a bedrock of prayer. Maybe you're waiting for something. Maybe that particularly speaks to you. Simeon and Anna waiting. Jesus waiting preparing maybe those words of Simeon is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel Jesus is the light to the Gentiles but that light lives in us as Christians that light shines in even the darkest parts of our lives. Maybe there are areas of our lives that feel dark, that we know need to be touched by his light. Maybe we need to remember um, that we carry Christ's light with us. That for the one person that reads a Bible, 99 read Christians, that read us, that see that light in us if we are displaying it as Christ calls us to. What does it look like for us to be Christ incarnate, for Christ to live in us, for that light to be in us? Just back to that scene again. Maybe once again you look at the awe and the wonder that Simeon and Anna have for this child. And maybe something of the holiness of God has been lost. That you come to church, you sing the songs, you come to communion. But actually, our God is a holy God. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, we sing. picture whatever it is that you want to speak to us about this evening we come before you afresh as king of kings and lord of lords we declare you as holy as righteous we thank you that you came in that little child humbled yourself 
you came so that we would know you. You came to restore that which had been lost. That you came because you love us with an outrageous love. And that you long for us to know that love in our hearts more. Continue to reflect on that story, that picture, wherever it is that you find yourself, just as we sing together this next song.